Candace and Ariel are not final girls. Candace is second to last at best. And Ariel is probably the killer. This podcast is intended for ghouls, haters, and Wikipedia summary readers. Listen on at your own risk. Welcome to our twisted mind. If it's not a good look, why do I wear it so well? Pardon me, I missed a your pretty face for someone else, but you just have to do because you see it's getting late. ghouls from a confined space it's not your final girl i am candace your host and i'm here with ariel your other host hi and we're here today with comic and tv writer porn sack thanks for hanging out with us hey thank you for having me this is, this is gonna be really fun yeah yes. we were just talking about this behind the scenes but we actually ariel and i read porn sex comic infidel for our book club well before we had any connection so um we're like we feel like we're speaking with a famous person we really yeah. loved it a lot so <laughs> yeah I appreciate that I appreciate that I also feel like I'm very intimidated to be on the show because like <laughs> people who like who like like deconstruct heart all the time are tech are traditionally very smart people and I've listened to enough <laughs> of your part, podcast to realize you're too you you are included in that so oh, I'm very uh-huh. scared I'm going to come across as stupid during, no. that, during, during this oh no episode. I'm a dumbass that's so funny it's okay it's always so strange <laughs> speak for Ariel. no we're both always like we just started a podcast and the secret is no one knows we're just a bunch of a couple of dum-dums but like <laughs> so it's true. always funny because when we interview people we're usually like oh my god we can interview this person but then they're usually nervous too I'm like no no, no you're oh, the yeah. cool one so you're yeah, the cool one I'm, I'm totally there. I'm totally there. This is where the veil totally falls apart. Like, oh, he has no idea what he's doing. He's just like us. Every yeah. creative person is like, oh, I hope no one finds out I'm a fraud. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, <laughs> well, we have a killer double feature today. All of our guests have just been bringing it with the double features recently. We're going to be talking about Green Room, the 2015 A24 film. And we're also going to be talking about Funny Games. The movie that I'm sure you know well from. I mean, two, there's two actually. So yeah, there's and we'll two talk funny about games. that. There's two funny games. So we'll get into that. But first, we have to ask Cornsack, what is your first horror-related memory? Like, what really brought you into the fold and being scared and upset? <laughs> What's funny is my first horror-related memory actually is the reason why I didn't watch horror for for so long because okay. I am scared you off funny. yes totally because I it's funny I I was talking to uh to, talking to someone else and he, and I I'm one of those people who came into horror late I came into horror so like I came into horror when I started my job at DC Comics at Vertigo and that's when I came into horror mm-hmm. and it uh, to me it is the equivalent of I'll hear all the time about like people who get into comics in their 20s. And I'm like, oh my God, they make you? Like everyone I know into comics have been there since they were kids. 
been into it since they were kids. But and and that's how most of the people I know in horror have been like into it ever since since they were kids. I wasn't. I got into it late. And primarily it was because, and I still remember this, I don't remember like what we were doing, but there was a conversation about like it was the 80s. And it was like a very classic 80s like thing where we're hanging out out in the suburbs somewhere. People are talking about you know, Friday the 13th and, and Nightmare on Elm Street and just all that sort of stuff. And then we all had to bike home as the sun was setting. And I just remember being terrified the entire bike ride home. Cause you know, when you're also when you're bike ride home, like you start off together and then you slowly like peel <laughs> off and, and then all of a sudden you're biking by yourself. Oh my God. And you're like, Spielberg is directing this and he's sending <laughs> a monster. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and so all I have are these like memories of like monsters and what Freddie is doing, what Jason is doing. And all of a sudden, like, it's just like uh, one friend goes away, the other friend goes away and I'm left to like bike home by myself. And, and I remember thinking, this is why I can't watch horror. Like, I like, this is just like them talking about the movie. If yeah. I was to actually watch the movie, I would like, I, I just, I would never like get through it. And I, and that being so scared of them for so long got me through very late until very late in life. And then, but I also, I think too, part of my, because you, you can only go so far, especially as a guy, you can only go so far and be like, no, 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 I'm not watching that horror movie. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to leave. So part of my like a defense mechanism for that, which, and I, I, I don't think this is rare, but part of my defense mechanism for that was to like, I would never get into the movie. I would always have that like little voice in the back of my head, like deconstructing the scene and being kind of like, oh no, here's the, you know, it's not actually scary. There's music that's gonna happen here. And like, oh, it's just makeup over here and this and this. So yeah. there's that part of my brain that was always just like tearing it apart <laughs> just so that I wouldn't like run out of the room, like screaming and make a fool out of myself in front of my friends. And, and then by the time I, uh, you know, hit my 20s and really got into horror, I became like a full on, and that's when I realized it's like, oh, the majority of these movies aren't as scary as I think that they are. Mm -hmm. So I can actually get through them mm -hmm. um, with like, like a couple exceptions. Like I remember watching The Descent in the theater and that's where I found like my best friend is like, but it, depending, I guess, depending on your perspective, he's either the worst date or the best date ever, because like, it's like two dudes watching like the set and he's like in my lap, like the whole movie <laughs> and like freaking me out because he's screaming and hitting me all the time. And I'm just kind of like, will you just stop it? And that one. And then Hereditary, I saw in the theater and that one, I, it, I had to restrain myself from like running out of that movie theater. It was like so stressful. Yeah. It's very scary. Uh, wow. So yeah. you became like a film critic at an early age out of necessity yeah pretty much pretty much the yeah. desire to be cool and not be ostracized for my friend <laughs> forced to film criticism film. yeah pretty much pretty much <laughs> that's I amazing that. i feel like probably a lot of horror fans do that to some degree i remember right? thinking i remember that's like the first time i really got invested in like effects makeup like mm -hmm. the first time i ever got like interested in it was because i was trying to pick out where you could tell that it was an effect yeah. in movies mm -hmm. when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, what's, what's the funny thing about effects makeup too is that I, what, I don't, haven't heard of people like not enjoying, like, cause you know, it was HD TV, you know, you could see all the details and makeup and all that sort of stuff anymore. I wonder if, I mean, I wonder what it's done to people watching horror movies with effects makeup. Like I haven't really heard of anything, but the fact that you can see like the makeup on any television show now that must, huh. I don't know, bring out the flaws of it a little bit more. I yeah, I, I hate it. It really disturbs me to be able to yeah. tell the, the, like that level of detail. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we'll see. I agree. Yeah, well, and it's interesting that you 
got into it late and then you didn't just like get into it and watch movies but like infidel is scary it's very scary it's like i i don't remember being like scared by a comic yeah to like that i can name like two and yours is one the other one is like lock and key oh Um, yeah okay i can see that so like lock and key like has a jump scare in it that scared the shit out of me but so does infidel and i was reading it in my bed at night um the first time i read it and i was like there was a a page i don't want to turn the page i don't want to turn the page (laughs) and so like i feel like that's a particular brand of like being into horror where you have to sit and write it like you have to scare yourself in a way different way yeah well you know it's funny i well i should also say too that like once i got in i got like full on in okay like i became like a super nerd about it yeah yeah like and you know especially like and we'll get into to, to, to this too but like that level of nerddom too where you're just like ah oh, does this technically qualify as horror and what yeah. is this a thriller <laughs> is this a horror? like yeah, yes. yeah, yeah like like all the all those kind of things I got like super into like the subgenres of horror and and mm-hmm. all of that and um and and so yeah and so so infidel kind of came from wanting to do a comic that made me feel the way a horror movie feels and and really and I think the fun of it it's funny because like the idea for Infidel started off as sort of like the low budget, like indie horror movie. And that's kind of how uh, that the idea came about. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't have the wherewithal of the resources to sort of make a horror movie, uh, to make a movie. Yeah. And so, and for the longest time, I didn't want to take the script and turn it into a comic because I work for uh, DC has a mature readers uh, imprint called Vertigo. And mm-hmm. when I was with Vertigo, we would get like, screenplays that they couldn't film and they just say hey can we make a comic out of this and they were never good they ne- one the screenplays were never good and two they never led to good comics yeah. and so for the longest time i resisted doing it and i had this like light bulb moment at one point where it's just like the problem is if i turn this into a comic none of the scares i have will work and then as opposed to it being a bug it suddenly became a feature where it's kind of like oh that means i get to rewrite the whole thing but rewrite it specifically for comics mm-hmm. that sounds super fun i want to make this as a comic now and that's kind of how it came about it was like me trying to figure out like all the tools there are in comics and 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 th- this is part of like my, my hard nerddom too is just like and, and honestly it might be like my favorite part of writing it's just like you just like sit in front of a bunch of a bunch of horror comics and you're just kind of like, oh, this scared me. OK, put that over here. This scared me. OK, put this over here. This. Nope. 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 And then you just sort of amass <laughs> like what works and what doesn't. Yeah. And then you kind of figure it out. OK, so I know we're here to talk about movies, but I do want to know, like, maybe like give me like three of like your like the horror comics then that were that you were into that did scare you. Uzumaki, anything by Junji Ito. Yes. OK, like, that's the other horror so comic good. that's genuinely scared yes. me. Yeah. Yeah, so good. He's so good. Uh, so there's that. There is one scene in uh, Hellblazer. Okay. In, in like the, the first trade of Hellblazer, it's like the demon Nergal is sitting on John Constantine's bed while he's in the hospital. And he's got his tongue, like like his like eight foot long tongue, like snaking out. And it's got like pus and legion on the tongue, and it's he's about to force it down John Constantine's throat. Uh-huh. And I think like, that really, that really got me. Yeah. And then I'm trying to think what else. And there's another like panel I can think of where this boy, there's this like it's it's an issue of Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. where this boy, I think I think it's the Monkey King, but it's like this big sort of like you know apish like horrifying monkey creature with like spiky hair. And he's like holding this little boy by the hand, and they're like walking, o- and they're walking away. Yeah. And that one just like total. That one totally gets me. Yeah. That's cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, those so, are the three that sort of. But like Junji Ito is like like his hands down over yeah. and over again. He just keeps on like doing it. Yeah, I had no idea what I was getting into. Honestly, I was house sitting for someone, and their teenage daughter <laughs> left me Uzumaki on the counter and said, oh my "You God. should read this, but not at night." <laughs> And oh I was like, ha, I like horror movies. I think I'm fine. <laughs> no, you shouldn't read it. <laughs> it's very, you should be. Oh you my like God. Scared. It's very scary. Wow. It's yeah. so scary. It's so scary. So, okay. So we have a killer double feature. Yeah. Um, why did, what made you go with this one? Yeah. Okay, so I, uh, so one of the things I, I, I'm fascinated by uh, home invasion as sort of a subgenre horror and I know it also straddles that line of is this a thriller is this a horror like how does it and even when I like wrote to you guys about it, I was like do you guys consider this horror because like I totally get if some people don't mm-hmm. and but I love how it's such a simple subgenre but it and it, so I'm constantly like impressed by the different ways different like writers and directors have flipped it mm-hmm. to like to because you know it, like, to me like the quintessential like the quintessential home invasion is the strangers right where it's just like people creeping in kind of coming in but then the the fact that there's so many different permutations of that of like mm-hmm. oh you get to like knock knock and now you're trying to get the killers out of your house and, or you go to don't breathe and now you're trying to get out of the house you know you're trying to get out of the that house you invaded that, yeah. yeah that you invaded and then, or, you know, in like green room where now you're just trying to get out of this little space because they're trying to get you, mm-hmm. uh, you know? And so, the, the, or, or even something like, which I think is just brilliant, how like the purge is all just started off with like a home invasion movie and they just built a whole like world around it. So yeah. all the different ways, like different people have used sort of like this very simple subgenre of horror and done all these different things with it. I, I'm kind of fascinated by, by the subgenre. And so, so part of it, like, and when, you know, I, when you asked me to suggest movies, I was thinking like, do I want to do something I hadn't seen before? Do I want to see something I had and an opinion of? And then I just decided like, oh, wow, I have these two, like, and funny games. And I, if I had actually, like, I, at the time when I suggested, I thought like funny games was the first home invasion horror movie I could think of Mm -hmm. and then after suggesting I realized like oh I was talking with a friend and like oh Straw Dogs is probably like before that and like which I just don't consider as a horror movie but that probably it's like that might be the first home invasion movie I'm not sure although I guess like you could say like Night of the Living Dead is technically like that works kind of like a a home invasion yeah yeah they're um, bottled yeah so I'm just fascinated by like it's such a simple concept and, yeah. and all the different permutations you can you can have with it. Yeah, I love home invasion movies because I mean, yeah, like simplicity. That's um, and you can do a lot with the genre. Mm-hmm. You can do a lot with characters in it. Yeah. Um, but also just like straight up somebody coming into your house and trying to yeah. kill you. It's yeah. like the scariest fucking thing. It's so it's like so true. you don't even have to go anywhere. I mean, um, like green room's a little different in that, mm-hmm. but like it's uh like the idea of like being trapped is just kind of primal yeah and um very scary okay i'm with the eight rights from washington dc you guys are hard to find why no social media presence music is shared live it's time and aggression you gotta be there sorry guys gotta clear up follow me and then it's over. 
Oh shit. I told you to follow. What are they doing? They're coming. Careful now. It's fucking hard, man. The the home anxiety is like real, whether you're there or not, you know, like yeah. you, with green room. Yeah. It's not their home, but that you, I don't know. It's like, you feel the absence of them being at home, right? Yeah, like they're yeah. traveling. Yeah. So you have like, you, there's kind of that center is taken away from them. They don't have a home right now. They're touring. And they're kind of at the mercy of whoever they find and yeah. like the hospitality. And so it still plays on that genre in a way that's deeply unsettling. Yeah. 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 And like the scene is kind of their home. Like yeah. if you get like, this is a uh, green room is a movie that really understands like the punk scene. Yeah. yeah. Which totally. honestly it would have not worked as a movie at all if it didn't. So good thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it did. And, and I think one of the things that, the, you know, one of the things it gains from like understanding the punk scene so well is that even though like technically you may not relate to sort of the punk scene, it is, it, 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 it I, I feel like it does tap into something that you get from like Texas Chainsaw Massacre of us like teens on the road and then mm -hmm. they just like take a wrong turn and then they just end up into trouble kind of thing, which yeah. I think is just, I, I, yeah, I just love how, 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 how that whole movie is executed. Yeah. yeah, it kind of avoids like they kind of don't go into the house thing where like, yeah. you know, in Texas Chainsaw, they just walk into a random house and you've forgotten yeah. it by the end, of course, because they're all getting hacked up and you're like, right. oh, yeah, but right. Hey, well, I mean, this one's definitely like, okay, at least there's a reason why they're going. Into yeah. The basement. yeah, well, and they have like, I was struck by that too, like this time I watched where they don't walk in. It's not, they know what they're getting into. They know yeah. that they're playing, you know, they need money. They know they're going into a backwoods part of Oregon with you know, surprise, neo-Nazis, right? Like yeah. they know that's the demographic they're playing to. Yeah. Um, but they're like, well, fuck it. We need the money and we got to play the show to get gas. Like that's such a real, like so, yeah. touring musician yeah. vibe for sure. I, I was, uh, the thing I was curious about and maybe you guys know is I also couldn't think of a movie where punks are portrayed as smart and like accessible. Like, I think that was the other thing I that kind of like, got me. Not a horror movie that I can really yeah. think of that has like mm -hmm. that much like entrenchment, you know, you can get into like fucking SLC punk or something. But yeah, like, right, yeah. true, um, true. But yeah, like not there's not, there's movie, not really. many movies about the punk scene. Like it's sometimes yeah. featured in movies, but. Well, I feel like there's a, like you have that term, like the splatter punks, right? I mean, that's more right. like apocalyptic mm -hmm. films, right? But like, I feel like yeah. even that name belies like. Yeah, it definitely treatment. does make it feel like anything that depicts punks is not like, yeah, just being, um, not being there for like weirdo flavor tends to imply that they're ready to fucking go bananas at any point, <laughs> which I guess uh, <laughs> yeah. these guys like end up going with the bananas that's happening to them yeah. so yeah the, so, the other thing it does that i i love when any sort of movie does is that but i was really impressed with it it's especially for like the first like third of the movie the characters are just like one step ahead of you so like whereas like i hadn't really feel like wait what are they concerned about but they're like oh no no no, we gotta watch this we gotta watch this we gotta watch this and i was like oh it's so cool to see especially with punk characters because yeah. they're so usually reactionary like you were saying just like going with the bananas of it all yeah. yeah this is um yeah that's true and it reminded me of your next which um like mm. some i know like there's definitely critics who like 
criticize this in both movies where mm-hmm. like that they're you know unrealistically like kind of prepared for the situation but i love it honestly i yeah. like it way more than them oh, just yeah. like kind of screaming and flailing around the whole yeah. time since yeah. we're um since we're fully talking about this now i'll just go and <laughs> The Deets Green Room, a 2015 movie written and directed by Jeremy Salmier. Um, After witnessing a murder at a sketchy rural Oregon venue, punk band The Eight Rights barricade themselves in the green room against a group of organized neo-Nazi skinheads. We'll stop at nothing to bury the crime and them. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. That's my summary. I wrote it. Love it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Since we're talking about like the punks and how they're not pieces of shit. The, the director was in a punk band in the 90s. That yes. makes sense. So he, he gets it. He knows. Yeah, he's like, it's, it's obvious that someone who has toured in a band yeah. made this because just like the way that they, not that this is like how all bands do touring, but just the way, the way that like they don't really speak to each other very much. Like they're <laughs> yeah. obviously kind of like, yeah if not tired of each other like at least super used to each other at this point yeah, like, they like no they can operate without words like they're yes. basically a family unit unit they're just not traditional yeah yeah absolutely yeah. the first scene um literally is them having swerved into a cornfield in the middle of the night because the the their drummer who was driving fell asleep and just stayed asleep i guess <laughs> and then they all stayed asleep and they ran out of gas in the yep. middle of a cornfield so that i have to like they get up and just kind of like they sort of like mutter to each other about like the situation and um then go off and siphon gas from a car so they can keep yeah. going and it's just it's a really good setup for how their dynamic works I it, really it, it. it really is it's one of those things too that's like so far out there it's either to me i feel like it's either a director being like this is just a great way to open a movie or this really happened to somebody and <laughs> yes, i just have to absolutely. Put, put it in there yeah yeah true yeah it feels the whole thing feels very like lived in it's totally the kind of story that a band comes back from tour with whether yeah or not totally it's embellished definitely yeah, yeah. well and everything about this like as a musician i was like yep 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 and i'm not even like touring in a punk band <laughs> yeah. or anything like when when he, they get to the show and they're playing at a fucking diner. Like that was funny <laughs> as hell because she only that so happens good. all the time. We're like, I don't know. Am I yeah. playing to a three-year-old now? I guess I have to like edit out half my set that says fuck, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just like all of these things that you have to kind of just roll with the punches and go with. Yeah. Yeah. It, it also kind of sets up their dynamic, like as members of the band where I, I've also loved, first of all, um, we have a, a bass player who's like a survivor in this, which is, um, <laughs> you know, you love to see it. Um, yeah. Their drummer is kind of like their tough guy, which mm-hmm. tracks entirely. Yeah. I love the way that they relate to each other as characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they, no. um, I mean, just a little note, they actually like hired a coach for them to learn how to play the song. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like, that's so they really would realistically cool. be able to play punk music and the person they hired as a coach is the Hutch Harris from the Thermals. So if oh, you wow. if you like them, then that's a little that's shout cool. out. Yeah, I think part of the reason why, and I I didn't even realize this about myself either. But like when I was sort of in college, I knew a lot of people on the indie rock scene and and all that, and I totally forgot that aspect of my life until I watched this movie, and then I'm like, oh right, <sighs> that's how college radio stations are, and yeah. right, that's what touring is like, and mm-hmm. all that and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the scene where they're getting interviewed. Super yeah. Funny. Oh my god. It's so good. It's so good. I totally feel like 
I've either been there or walked into a room after that happened with yeah. like the same tape recorder. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Totally. This is a movie that kind of has some tension between, in fact, like both of these, I think, on some level have some tension between being horror and thrillers. Totally. And I found this quote from Jared Solner, the director. And he said, as for the violence, because there's so much brutality in Green Room and there's some full frontal gore, it can be perceived as sensational. But the way I treat it, it's about these kids, these band members transition into killers. It's important that when we see someone die in a movie, for me, there's some kind of reason behind it, whether it be motivated by a character or serving definitive narrative purpose. It's never just for entertainment, but for the overall effect. So he seems to be kind of distancing himself from horror in this Mm -hmm. quote. Yeah, a um, little yeah. bit where he's talking totally. about like, you know, he doesn't he talks about like there being full frontal gore, which there is. There's definitely yeah. some the gore is crazy great. kills There's in a, this. Yeah. The and even not kills, just like when the the uh, the wrist is almost hacked the, off. The oh wrist, my god. That is like the best. Yeah. So good. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. the effects. Oh my god. Yeah. I don't think Ew. I've ever seen like a wound that well done where you're just like, oh like you just that's the way that wound is done you just yeah. feel it like Ooh. oh mm-hmm. so hard and he's yelling the, it, it's such a good it's such a good scene too because you know kind of what's happening but you just see you know anton yelchin react like screaming and you don't see yeah. it getting hacked yeah he just pulls his arm back and it's all fucked up oh yeah. he acts oh, yeah. he, he kills it in that movie he, he does, does great. honestly yeah, the really performances does. in this are really good which yeah, really, really good. sells it yeah we have anton yelchin rest in peace and um, Alia Shawkat. Image and Poots. Yeah. Yes. It was Who great. Complete, it was a complete badass. Oh my in God. She, we were just like the whole time we're like, man, she's hot. Like we just, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Like, that's damn. the other, that's the, kind of the other thing is that like it incorporates like how people kind of intermingle from scenes because she yeah. is not in the band. She's like just been there. Yeah. Um, is you know her friend who got murdered so she's just yeah. kind of stuck in this place where she doesn't want to be with these people anymore but also she kind of isn't with the band she doesn't know them yeah yeah that was a and really also, interesting dynamic her progression too from being sort of that outsider who's kind of scared to being like this complete badass by the end of the, it's so like seamless it's so, uh-huh. like it's not forced at all but she turns into like such a force of nature by the end of that movie. Yeah, you can tell that she's hanging out with like the skinhead punks kind of out of necessity. Um, You know, she says something that's like to that effect, but like that seems to be what she's saying. She's had like, you could tell she's kind of had a rough life and she just fucking snaps. Like her friend she was with got murdered in front of her and she's like, you know what? I'm probably going to die. I've just seen a bunch of other people die and fuck this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a natural, such a, such a seamless progression where it's like, she starts off at the beginning of the movie sort of hysterical. Mm -hmm. And then at some point you don't totally know why. Then she becomes this stone cold. I mean, she's the reason why Anton Yeltsin survives that movie. Like she's like, she's on top of everything. And there, and it just happens very quietly, but also very naturally too. Like I, mm. her progression in that movie is so impressive. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, and the the whole, like the whole space. I when I was looking up stuff to talk about this movie, so uh-huh. I knew some things. Um, <laughs> I was shocked to find out that this was a soundstage. So that building, oh, I didn't know that. like that's not, at least as you know it, is it's that's not, cool. it's not a building. And I was like, what the fuck? Are you kidding? Like that looks, 
Yeah. First of all, like the set design is great because you see the stickers everywhere where everything's yeah. dirty and grimy, mm-hmm. like the narrow hallway when, and you can kind of tell the layout of the place. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, that's, he said like when he was writing and, and think he thought about every nook and cranny. Yeah. So like he cool. kind of constructed it in his head, which is why it that's feels cool. like, you know, those turns and, and, you know, like the narrow hallway where he's like, don't leave your gear in the hallway, which is like such an iconic yes. musician moment yes. if you're a gay yeah, musician. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. Somebody said that their only critique was that this is like a, a band that's thrown on to the bill at the last minute. Why would they even be in the green room? Oh, that's <laughs> so, interesting. Yeah, I was like, you know what? True. Huh. I, I do not know enough about touring bands to, to, to have realized that, but that's, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's not like they have a writer or anything. No. They're not like, give me only green M&Ms. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but you know i mean whatever that space are generous yeah, yeah she i think she was just charging her phone in there too i think that was yeah. probably like she just was like oh is there an outlet yeah i don't think they're like, right. she might not even there. been hanging out in there yeah that's true that's true they also seem to have done kind of a fun promo for it where they made a site that made it seem like a real venue with shows oh cool but i couldn't open it well so it was it a site that like mobile. I don't know if it was like they weren't doing like so the green room thing was like it was it was radio and so they were interviewing yeah. punk artists and um i guess i it might have been like parodying the radio show from the movie okay. something like that so like a24 came out with this film promo and it's still cool. live like the site's still live doesn't open on mobile we learned but it does open yeah. on desktop if you're like <laughs> very curious it. about those things huh. so um they went well i don't know if they went hard because i had never heard of that website until now but <laughs> But they did try. Um, and Patrick Stewart in this is very scary because very scary. He is almost, scary. Almost unrecognizable, too. Yeah. He's, and also at the same time, uncannily not. Because like <laughs> yeah. right, because like I, you know, I love his um, voice TNG. Yeah. I'm like a huge Star Trek fan. Think Captain Picard. Yeah, like yeah. he'll kind of bark out commands, and I'm like, oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it it's so. an alternate universe card. Yeah. Oh god. He's an oh Nazi. I would so watch this like <laughs> yeah. this it's alternate just a Star universe like yeah, yeah. It's just a Star Trek episode. Like this twist. is the darkest timeline. Yeah. This like, oh, god. holodeck yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah it's just really a holodeck. But like, yeah, yeah. took over his mind. Oh, oh my god. god. Damn. Oh. Yeah. All of a sudden. He's oh, so yeah. understated. One review I read was saying like it was like something like his role his part he played it devoid of camp which like I love to think yeah, about absolutely. like it's completely he played it, like serious. fucking Shakespearean honestly yeah, yeah and totally. so matter of fact like so like buttoned up like he's never gonna lose his cool because he doesn't have to lose his cool but he's fine yeah. you know having red laces come in and fuck shit up like if yeah, he's good. He's good in a, in a very realistic feeling way. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point because I feel like that's part of what separates his character. It's the the fact that he's so committed mm-hmm. almost makes that character like exist on this other like that's kind of what gives his character his his presence. I, yeah, I feel like he where said everyone it's else a movement, is. not a party. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, scary, scary. It, and it's like the whole thing is like an exercise in just like tension, like kind of yeah. where can we take you, where can we take you uh, emotionally and maybe physically with like your heart rate, yeah. but, but you're not leaving. Like you're just in a one room. Yeah. Yeah. That was that? like, they leave the green room really briefly. And then I'm always like, yeah. oh, oh, they're back in the green room. They're again. always back to the green yeah. room. They have to run back always because there's dogs and Nazis, which are, <laughs> yeah. honestly, attack dogs and Nazis might be two of the scariest things to me. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I would also go back to the green room. 
but that way they take care of the attack dogs though is so brilliant i feel like i'm gonna have yes. to steal that for something it's, <laughs> it's so really brilliant good. yeah i also really enjoyed elia shawkat um yeah hitting people with the fire extinguisher like, yeah, like yeah. spraying that was people yeah. with the fire yeah. extinguisher. i would not have thought of that i would not have thought of that as a weapon and yet they sell it so well you're just yeah. oh i i was wrong clearly the fire extinguisher is a pretty is a pretty you know legit weapon i know i'd always thought about just like clubbing Plugging people with it but yeah. yeah the the spring it actually it worked <laughs> it, problem. it worked it, it, it worked yeah, yeah i i did really like i mean yeah like it's kind of like the strategy of it like they're yeah. suddenly like at war yeah yeah with, with just sort of the, the things that they have and all, and yeah. all that kind of stuff too. Yeah, it is I, kind of like escape roomish in that way. Yeah. yeah. I also really like the fact that because once they kill off the first two guys, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, it's just going to be the three of them. I kind of know all these three as actors. So mm-hmm. the fact that she comes, like she gets it like pretty soon after that, I thought was really effective. Oh, Me too. I was so upset, yeah. Yeah. It was a bummer, I, but it was a good choice, I think. Yeah. 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 I totally thought it was going to be the three of them to the end. Me too. And, mm-hmm. and they, yeah, and they totally pulled the rug out of you really quick. Yeah. So it's because you really love her. She's maybe yeah. she's okay. And I yeah. mean, yeah. Uh, you don't want to see her get eaten by a dog. <laughs> no, definitely don't. Um, like, I don't know about you, but like, I was so, I, I, when they went to the, the place where they go to at the end where the van is and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I half expected to find her alive just because I was like, they, they couldn't have killed her. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they didn't you know, kill like, maybe, please. Yeah, they, they couldn't have killed me. And like, you know, he's like gnawing on her, but they didn't technically like show her body. It's like, maybe she survived. I know. Yeah. I kept thinking they were going to get tricksy with it. But yeah. no, it just yeah. turns out when you she get like mauled by a dog. out of the forest. <laughs> yeah. 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 God, can you imagine? Uh, uh, yeah. That's um, brutal. Well, I was reading about how the actors like basically like two thirds of the time just had to be in this incredibly panicked, horrified, emotional state. Like they just had like fetal position, rock themselves into like, and it probably helped that they just mostly had that one room. Like Anton Yelchin said that he didn't wash his shirt for 30 days. Oh, wow. He just didn't wash his shirt. Wow. And apparently that helped his method. Uh, I could see that. Smell the fear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could totally see that. I yeah, the totally pheromones. You got to have it. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, I mean, like you know, they it, it's a lot, but also like they talked about, like they had a lot of camaraderie. Like the director did a mm. really good job of like building that kind of team of actors, and like mm. I mean, they even like you know they played the songs for the for the movie, but they also wrote two new songs yeah and just fucking around they wrote new songs which i guess anton yelchin also is a musician like i don't know if he was like in a band but yeah he did know enough that like at least hutch harris said that he could have coached the other people effectively if he hadn't been there oh Oh, damn so that's that's pretty good yeah yeah he said that he'd already done a lot by the time he got there nice it's it's one of my most the things i'm most impressed by was when when actors learn skills for jobs like you know, whether it's like Ryan Gosling learning how to play like jazz piano or like Michael B. Jordan, like turning into like a like a professional fighter, apparently, yeah. it's free, like mm-hmm. it's crazy to me. It's crazy because like acting already seems really hard. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit. OK, you're going to learn another skill. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. fucking stop. Yeah, I like, feel like you're going to be a crazy person, kind of. Be like, like I'm going to take on a new identity right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're After just planning. this, who knows? <laughs> planning their spy life is kind of what you're saying. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We'll yeah. just go for a face swap, you know, it'll be 
very it's true yeah there's a reason why so many of them were like they thought they were fucking commie spies or whatever back then they thought they were like uh you know because they're learning all these skills that's right what (laughs) are they learning to be useful for subterfuge (laughs) yeah (laughs) what do you guys think that roger ebert gave this movie not roger ebert it's like quote unquote roger ebert because he was dead by the time this came out but how many stars do we think that um the reviewer for rogerebert.com gave green room is it out of five i can't remember i think it is out of four it's four right i I would say four i would say three because i feel like they'd be snobby about it okay i was gonna say three but i don't want to i don't want (laughs) to copy i want to increase my odds of winning um (laughs) i'm gonna say you know what i'm gonna just this is not probably true, but I'm going to say a 3.5 because I should recognize Ooh. that this movie is what it is. It's a thriller slash horror or whatever. I'm going to say 3.5. They gave it Simon Abrams for RogerEber.com gave it two and a half what? What? stars. Yeah. What? What was the problem with it? He seemed to think that it was too mechanical and that the characters um, were too, like, all business and too prepared for an insane situation. But that's what makes it fun. Also, most of them died. Hello. Yeah, it's true. And it's like whenever uh, the drummer, like, at one point they kind of form a plan, like, once they've decided, because it takes a long time to kind of ramp up. Or maybe it takes a fairly short time, but it's still like one of those. Ariel called these movies both frying pan movies because yeah. you're like slowly increasing oh, the heat. Oh, that's interesting. Nice. And nice. you don't notice, and you're like, "Oh fuck, it's really hot yeah. now." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really was a fan of how they like kind of eased them into this like insane yeah. situation by kind of being like, "Just wait in here. We're mm-hmm. gonna wait for the cops, and then you could talk to them. Just wait in here." And it suddenly it turns into like, "Wait." If we come out, you're gonna fucking kill us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and like it's you know, if we come out, maybe something bad is gonna happen. And <laughs> yeah. then it kind of turns into like, it's us or them. Yeah. We're gonna we we have to yeah. either kill them or they're gonna kill us. Yeah. And like at one point they kind of form their plan and like their drummers like standing by the door about to go out and he's like, I mean, we're not gonna all live, but maybe we won't all die. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. The most pragmatic. Yeah, because he was kind of like every man for himself. Yeah, they do yeah. make like a really easy transition into that mindset, which I think might be harder for a regular person. But I mean, you have like 90 minutes of screen time, man. Yeah. What do yeah. you want? Yeah. But the, the thing that actually, like now that you mentioned, I hadn't really thought about that I actually enjoy about the movie is that mm-hmm. like, it's almost the inverse in a way of the typical arc for teenagers in a horror movie where it's usually they start off dumb and then they kind of get smart as it goes these kids start off really smart which i love by the middle of it they're just like fuck none of this is working we're just like gonna run <laughs> yeah and, and then by the end of it they're they win pretty much because like fuck this we're not yeah. even gonna take this seriously yeah they start playing like, pretend yeah, yeah yeah and so it's like almost the reverse trajectory for like what teenagers in a horror movie actually actually do and i also yeah. think like that's one of the reasons why like i don't mind like I think it's one of the reasons why I like that first half hour, that I, which if they have a, with people have a problem with, that people seem to have a problem with, is just kind of like I like the fact that they're ultra competent. Like it makes sense if they're to me like gigging musicians. They've they've thought through every potential scenario of how shit can go wrong and yeah. are kind of like prepared for it. Like I don't, seen I, it I don't have any problem with that. Yeah, I don't have any problem yeah. with that. Yeah, I think the reviewer hasn't ever been in a touring um, band. Yeah. <laughs> because no. yeah, yeah i think sometimes you do i mean like i've known touring bands and i've heard some fucking insane stories like people yeah. who, like picked up a hijacker accidentally because like 
because they grabbed a hitchhiker off the road and like they're like how do we get this person out of our van they're trying to steal all our shit (laughs) yeah 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 you just kind of roll with it and this movie's kind of like i mean it's also the film yeah yes yeah, I also think it's something that people like. Like I said, um, I, I also had seen criticism of your next for that, where they were like, "Oh, mm. this is too easy," but that's kind of fun. It's just nice sometimes. I gotta watch it. I still haven't seen your next. I gotta, I gotta add that to my. That's a fun yeah, watch list. I recommend yeah. it, especially if you like Home Invasion. So yeah, sure. for sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, two and a half stars. Green Room. Boo. Yeah, you hate to see it. I hate to see yeah. it. <laughs> I hate to see well, it. Let's move on to a movie where the characters, no matter how smart they are, kind of have no chance of survival. (laughs) Funny games. What is it, honey? There's someone here. Hello. Sorry to disturb you. I'm staying next door. Please, come in. Wow, that's a really great set of clubs. Mr. Farber. What? Ah! You want to call someone? An ambulance? Or, Or the police? Why are you doing this? Please. I'm Paul. We're gonna make a bet now. You bet that you'll be alive tomorrow at nine o'clock, and we bet that you'll be dead. Why don't you just kill us? You shouldn't forget the importance of entertainment. (laughs) That's awesome, really. Really. We are, we watched the 2007 one. Is that the one okay. that you watched too? Because I realized oh. at some point that they're identical. <laughs> yeah. Are they actually, I was wondering about that. Like, are they actually shot for shot identical? Shot for shot, Literally, line for line. Yes. I mean, except a different language, but yeah. Yeah, written and directed okay. by Michael Haneke, who um, made it in German the first time and then realized that he was really talking to English speaking audiences anyway. So just remade it for America. Yeah. Wow. And so this is about so you. Yeah. First... <laughs> Wait, so the first was the first one in the 1990s and the second one was in 2007 yeah the first correct? one was in 1997 yeah 97 yeah. so it was yeah. a decade later this one's from 2007 okay okay so i saw the 1997 one so i didn't see the okay, okay. oh my god okay yeah. all right let's this. fucking go I'm so, so like this is exciting because i actually read an article where um i read like an essay of somebody talking about the 1997 one where they okay. were saying they felt like the like character dynamics in the 2007 one didn't work as well okay i had i had a question about how you guys felt about michael pitt in the 2007 one okay because i felt that in the 1997 one there was something that that i thought that the the michael pitt character was cast like perfectly like Mm -hmm. smug but like you could like felt like he had a certain amount of privilege like he just felt like such a great like little snot he yeah like, he it, felt like a good like evil fancy boy <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and and there was something for me and again all i saw was like a, a trailer for 2000 the 2007 one because i wanted mm-hmm. to see if i could figure out if they were the same yeah. well michael pitt had a different feel and i couldn't put my finger what made him he didn't feel like a snot in like the same way and i wasn't sure mm-hmm. having if you guys watched the 2007 one what you guys felt you know what i i haven't seen the initially i haven't seen the original one but i have seen like stills of okay the like kind of his counterpart in that one and i did think just his face looks more like just straight up like maybe just a potentially kind of violent young person Mm. i mean it kind of looks like he's more like just kind of mean whereas i do think michael pitt just has a face like that looks like he's a little shit 
Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Especially when he was younger, he kind of yeah. does. Like, yeah. you grow out of it a little now if you see, like, pictures of him. But I also think they were obviously, like, playing this up in right, yeah. characters. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Having, like, yeah. a little, like, sweet-faced murderer kind of deal. Right. Yeah, he's, he's kind of got, like, a smart-ass mouth a little bit. Like, yeah. he's going to say mm-hmm. something smart-ass in a second. Like, and he... Yeah. He has that vibe for sure in the 2007 one. Yes. So, I mean, if you haven't heard of Funny Games, it's about a wealthy family on vacation who is terrorized and tortured by two strange and sadistic young men. There is more to it, but that's literally the plot. Basically it. Yeah, that's the that's the overarching narrative right yes. there. And that like really just a strange scenario for a film. He made it. Yeah. This guy wrote and directed it for like, you know, in Austria and then was like, it's time for me to bring this to America, which I always <laughs> yeah. wanted to do anyway. So I'm just going to make it again. Well, it's kind of a ballsy move, right? Where yeah. he's like, he's like, I'm going to do a remake. And it's like the same director, right? So I feel like a lot of times like directors, like they're like, oh, I can improve on my work or whatever, yeah. you know, like, let me do something different for a different audience. And he's like, I'm going to fucking do the same <laughs> shot for shot. Like that's almost, this movie is for sure satirical and like very much like self-referential. But I feel like, like it's iterative in this weird way yes. where he does the exact same thing. So it's like, it is very focused on a Western, like a critique of Hollywood and like a yeah. Western audience. But at the same time, you can make the argument that how, how much is that true? Because he made the same film for the sure. European audience. So it's like, yes. is it, is it truly Western? I mean, is it, I mean, is it truly American or is it just Western shit? You know, like it was an interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah, and and I saw like because I was fascinated by, by it, so I like researched it on Wikipedia. That yeah. one of the criticisms he that he got apparently was was he trying to have his cake and eat it too about like criticizing violence but also indulging in it. Oh in yeah, well, then, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's kind so. of the, what the audience is having too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. lovely being like, oh, <laughs> I understand that. Oh my god, yeah, they shot him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So the yeah. thing I'm curious about, and I guess because now neither of you have seen the 1997. That's correct. Version, right? Okay, because yeah. I haven't seen the 2007. Oh my I God. could swear Naomi Watts is in less clothes in the 2007 version than the than the German actress in the 1997. Like I again, mm-hmm. have not haven't seen the movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen stills from the 2007 where I was just mm-hmm. like, I could have sworn she was wearing a dress in like the 1997 version. So yeah, that I'm she... curious if that was. That was okay. Different. Okay. So is this not in the German? Okay. I'm freaking out right now because yeah, she, um, it feels like so pivotal. Okay. So <laughs> she starts out in a dress. She starts out in like yes. a little shirt dress. Yeah. And she, um, at one point they like tell her that they want her to like take off. They're like making comments about like her body yeah. creepily yes. and they tell her they need her to take off her clothes so they can tell so they can see for yes. themselves. And so then they like put the bag over the kid's head. Yeah. I know they put the bag over the kid's head because that's on the they fucking the poster. Ba- yeah, yeah, they definitely put the bag on the kid's head. Okay. Do they and get her to strip too? And the you get her to strip, but she puts her dress back on. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So afterwards, um, Naomi Watts is like she takes her, she takes all her clothes off, and then you know, like the thing happens where the kid runs away, but she yeah. puts her underwear back on at some point. But then she's right. mostly in her underwear for like a while until later when she escapes again. She puts on like random clothes from the suitcase. Yeah. Okay. I've got to. I see. I I have such a bad memory for this stuff. I thought. <laughs> I thought I'm trying to think like I can't remember when she puts like the dress back on. Okay. Yeah, I remember this too. I was thinking about it because I was I, like I watched this movie. So like my first experience watching this movie was in like a room full of people who like love fucked up horror movies, Got it. and it was probably close to 2007. It was years and years ago. Okay. 
and I don't, okay. I forgot clean, forgot all the like meta shit that happens in it. <laughs> oh, I'm wow. Like, you totally forgot all of I, all like, that. When the like remote control scene happened, I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> but at that point it didn't really like, it's not like it was super meaningful to me. Like I was yeah, kind of yeah. used to watching movies that had like that kind of stuff in it. And I wasn't, that wasn't the focus of the group of people who was watching that movie. We were right, just right. trying to like cheer at the fucked up things that happened, right. which is like mm-hmm. super funny considering like the movies. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, um, I, rem- I was thinking about it and I was like, I remember her being in her underwear for like the whole movie. <laughs> like, oh. I was like, that was my memory when I was like yeah. watching her wearing her shirt dress or whatever. I was like, I thought she was in her underwear more. <laughs> yeah. She's really not in her underwear for that long, but no. I um I remember it for the whole time. That's huh. interesting. Yeah, because I I think I expected her to be in her underwear the whole time, mm-hmm. just because like oh it's a horror movie that's not gonna have to get away with that mm-hmm. they're gonna justify it that way. And then I was remember and I was surprised like oh they're actually, that they actually had her put it back on. Yeah. And then and that's why yeah I I feel like I've seen like a clip from the 2007 version where I was just like oh was she wearing a, her dress in in that. Yeah, she's mostly scene wearing a dress, I think. Yeah, yeah. she is wearing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's interesting because um, they don't show they don't with show any vi- much true. with yeah. any vi- no no violence really, except the one that's rewound and re- and undone. Yeah. Um, they don't show any that's violence. True, they it's, don't really show violence, yeah. and they don't show the nudity. Yeah. They literally have yeah. it from like uh, yeah, right from up. like her collarbone like, up when level. she's like naked. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's like sort of a and they cover the kid's head because he's not supposed to see it. I honestly thought that of like the, you know, cause his, uh, Haneke's comments on like violence are a little like dubious, but I kind of, I, <laughs> I thought the bit of the nudity was like probably rang the truest to me where I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, we can't, we couldn't possibly have a children seeing, seeing a naked <laughs> yeah, yeah, lady. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> you can't see the naked lady either. Not allowed, but you can yeah. see her in her underwear. That's fine. <laughs> There was something about that whole bit that was just like that. So, so felt like, oh, American didn't write and direct this this, this movie. It's just like, it's clearly someone foreign, you, you know. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's it's interesting too because it's like definitely like I mean a lot of stuff I read talked about like the subversion of mm. your not only your expectations but like the subversion of um, catharsis, right? Mm. So yes. like people argue yeah. that like horror is about like seeing all that nasty shit so you can like not do it yourself or whatever that's like one of the takes on horror which is (laughs) kind of a bizarre take to me (laughs) but like that's the thing that people talk about um that's this, only one of the one of those like that's your inside voice like yeah, yeah. like you, that's Jesus. not the stuff you should be saying like, out loud is that what is that how you feel you had to yeah, watch yeah, this yeah, you right? don't do it oh i don't thank god i have horror movies otherwise i'd be killing people on yeah, the street. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, i seem to guy get shot with a shotgun so i don't have to do it yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's kind of one of the arguments for i mean that's one of the arguments for like art too that goes back to like greek philosophy shit anyway so but uh, the you know the idea is that he's subverting that so you can't feel that catharsis you cannot mm. see the violence and it denies you the pleasure of reveling in it yeah but yeah. it still happens i mean and so it kind of makes it as opposed to like oh yeah we get to see this fucked up stuff it's like you don't see it and you instead have to see naomi watts beautiful complex like brilliant actor face go through the 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 stuff so you're you're then just identifying with her trauma more than you are with like the killing yeah this is so i was gonna say because it doesn't show like the violence so much but it does show the fear like a Mm -hmm. lot which Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. if he thinks that this is something that violent movies don't ever do um yeah i don't know if that's correct i like i really feel like he doesn't actually have very much experience 
like even having made like kind of a great horror movie i feel like he doesn't know anything about horror movies and maybe that's what makes it good in the sense you know that that's a really good question like i don't actually know his his past work like had he made any horror because when you mention that it does strike me as someone who like doesn't watch horror. it's like it's such a thing someone who doesn't watch horror is gonna say like oh yeah like i'm gonna do this thing that horror movies don't do and you're just like but we do it all the time yeah no they all do that why <laughs> yeah, do they all yeah. do that we're all focused on the screams man <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i don't think he really did i mean the only one other film I know from him is not horror, but the piano teacher, which mm-hmm. is like oh, right. a fucked up movie, mm-hmm. like, um, and mm-hmm. kind of like in a really, really great book, uh, um, cache too, or cash or whatever. Oh, okay. okay. I haven't actually seen it, but okay. that one's also fucked up, but not a horror movie. Um, in, um, this dude's fucked up, but yeah, he's fucked up. Like, horror. Like, horror. like in house yeah. of psychotic women, like she references uh, as an exploitation film piano teacher. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. like it's like an interesting, he kind of flirts with, with, weird ideas and like weird kind of cerebral stuff which i it is irritating to me when people do that and like want to pretend they're better than like horror genre as if it doesn't i mean even some of the things i was reading like when i was reading reviews of both of these movies particularly green room actually so many of the reviewers were saying like this film is moral unlike other horror yeah Yeah. i'm like yeah these are two movies who are good that are both good horror movies but also like both their directors and critics really like it attracted like this uh this like air of like oh it's better than other horror movies that is it is such an annoying thing i find which i i feel like maybe now we're kind of starting to get around but this like snobbiness that people have about genre and especially horror in particular where it's just like oh it's fine for it's fine for a horror movie it's fine for (laughs) i'm I'm surprised that they said that for green room though considering that's like 2007 wait no it's like 2016 2015 yeah yeah I, I would have thought that the, uh, the 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 critics would have been would have gotten over that snobbish. snobbish. Yeah, I mean, but know. now you have like the elevated. Have you heard like the phrase elevated horror? Yeah, that people yeah, love to yeah. use. Yeah, I feel like, like yeah. people apply it to Ari Aster. I don't know if he has if he himself has used it, and I'm gonna keep myself ignorant on that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be disappointed in my boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it annoys me. I don't yeah. like elevated. How is it moral? <laughs> well, are you making I, a are you making a morality play? Yeah. I think that there there's been this like I think part of like the elevated horror bit there there's been I, I feel like there's like HBO horror which which <laughs> to I I kind of feel like it's like people who do the genre without like you don't know if they actually enjoy the genre mm-hmm. sort of sort of enough like yeah. I had that problem with what was it the outsider which on on HBO okay. where so the the toughest, the toughest subgenre I think horror of hard I don't even know if it's a subgenre, but but the toughest like like situation I feel like for for horror to do is and it starts off good and, and I don't think I've ever seen it like stick the landing is where a cop is sort of thrown into sort of a horror scenario and mm-hmm. there's like what is it I think it's Deliver Us from Evil there was like a Scott Derrickson movie that does it. And they do it in The Outsider. And it's a great sort of start of a thing where you're just like, oh, this detective like discovers this thing. And it's like this sort of bigger horror thing. And it, it always starts off great. But I never feel like they can stick the landing. And it's mm. primarily because when if you're a horror fan, you're used to like, oh, this housewife. 
has to deal with this stuff. So you have someone who's got like no trading or just thrown in. And so as a result, if you have someone with trading who knows how to use a gun and, and all that, like how do you escalate things properly so it feels like a good climax without it all just turning into like a big, like over the top shoot em up. Yeah. And I've never seen it sort of done well. And, and what was interesting about The Outsider and probably not interesting in a great way is that for me anyway, it was they, they took every aspect of the genre seriously and really dove into it, except what I think as horror fans, like the thing that we find most interesting is just like, oh, well, what does the monster represent? Or like, what is the, like, what, is, what kind of fear is that embodying? And it, in that movie, oh, it's just a monster apparently apparently mm -hmm. and and i feel like there's this subgenre which i'm you know which i'll call like hbo horror but that's not I, that's not really true <laughs> where where they they're taking this genre very very seriously except for like the aspect of horror that like we take seriously like you know like that 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 why we sort of like oh why we psychoanalyze like you know uh, Freddy Krueger and mm -hmm. like you know what does Jason represent and all that and all that and what does Michael Myers represent and it's funny to watch them sort of like like try to elevate the genre by taking all of it seriously except like literally the piece of it that's got the most juice in a, in a mm, weird way right yeah, yeah. that's true because horror doesn't have to be I mean like you can watch like the sleaziest horror film and like if you're watching like you can get shit out of it. Like it can make a yeah. reflection. Yeah, I mean, there's commentary. a reason why like a lot of exploitation films are still cinematically important. Yeah. And like very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Like, yeah, like cause so much of like good horror, you know, whether some of it intentionally and some of it not, but they're mm -hmm. like riffing off of sort of anxieties of the time. Mm -hmm. And so and I think that, you know, I love love about watching horror is using them as a window to sort of see what people were scared of at the time. And mm -hmm. like, you know, the classic thing of like the two versions of the thing from the other planet, how like in the fifties, it was more about like the alien and for in the eighties, it was more about AIDS, you know, mm -hmm. and how they sort of reflected that. So it's interesting to watch these sort of like elevated horror pieces that it's just like, they're not elevating that. It, it's, it's weird because they're elevating the shallowest aspects yeah. of yes. the genre, yeah. which out any of the stuff that I feel like if you go through the history of horror to look at, it's just like, oh, well, you know, like there's the good elevated horror where I feel like they're taking, you know, you know, some of the some of the pieces of the genre and like pushing it into a new new space and seeing what you can use as a lens to show something else here. Mm -hmm. But it's fascinating to watch. It's fascinating to watch elevated genre done by people who clearly don't who aren't <laughs> fans of the genre. Yeah, it's fascinating to watch, and it's happening a lot now because it's they happening know a lot that it makes now. money. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. and then, I mean, it's something where I, I was kind of thinking about this, and like I was thinking about why, like, oh, I like this horror movie because it actually has a message. Strikes the same, like, kind of rubs me the wrong way in the same way that, like, I only want to get a tattoo if it's really meaningful. <laughs> kind of rubs me the wrong way, and I think it's because if you are wanting to do something transgressive but you're already trying to make excuses and explain why to other people yeah, yeah. it's okay for you to do that. Yeah. I think you are, have already lost. Um, yeah, like, I think you might need to try to just examine like the impulse there um, yeah. in a way that already isn't already defensive. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I think it goes back to what you were saying. It is this, it feels like this aspect of like, Oh, there's money in genre. So I'm going to hold my nose and yeah. like do it, but I'm going to oh, do yeah. it 
I'm going to do it so it's worthwhile. Like, here's why I didn't get the shit of horror on me. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm too good. I'm deigning. I mean, this one's really, Funny Games is really interesting because I think I like Funny Games even though it doesn't like me sort of situation. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I was thinking I about it. I was like, I'm increasingly annoyed um, by this movie, but I still, it's still a really good movie. This movie annoys <laughs> the shit out of me. But I think, because I think part of the reason is like, I react, I react pretty poorly anyway to like very shallow satires. So like, mm. I know Scream is like a pillar of the genre and I'm a horrible person for feeling this way. I don't really like Scream. Like I don't really love it and revere it the way most horror fans do. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of annoying to me. Um, yeah, but um, I think it still says a lot and I think I could probably rewatch it and like think about it again. This movie like has a really shallow kind of mm. what it's doing, but I think there's yeah. also a lot that it's doing under the surface and also like in tandem with each other, like the 97 yeah. and the 2007 one of the things there's like a quote from the director that he wasn't about this film it was just about like film in general which i feel like i think this kind of speaks to his work as a whole but also like it makes makes this film make more sense for me where he said film is 24 lies per second at the service of Hmm. truth oh that's interesting so like he's to think of fiction as lies (laughs) okay (laughs) like super tongue-in-cheek right where he's trying to get to something important i guess i feel like it's less important that like i mean the very superficial thing is like he's critiquing maybe american audiences or at least western audiences right and like kind of how we glorify violence but that's so boring like that's uh yeah you know a christian mom who watches focus on the family is going to give me the same spiel yeah i don't want that spiel i grew up with that spiel so like i i I automatically reject that but like it still is fun because it denies you some of that like visceral pleasure that like green room gives you for instance yeah. where you can mm-hmm. see the hacked off wrist so like yeah it does something different with that and it also like if you just kind of look at it like i like looking at it from a class perspective a lot right where these yeah. guys oh, yeah. are constantly oh, yeah. wearing their white gloves yeah they never tell you where they're from but you you, you don't need to know you know they're yeah. trust fund babies right who yeah. are just doing this because they can and plays with that and it, it's it's kind of fun in that way. And like you, if you take it in a really further back meta way, because in a way too, it's not just like, it's not like necessarily glorifying violence. Like we glorify violence. We participate in that. It's more like looking at like film as art and like how every creator has intentions. Yeah. It, it also like subverts mm-hmm. the narratives in such a way that is interesting. Like the fact that it honestly completely threw me that they killed the kid yeah before and, yeah. and it's supposed to right it's yeah. like you know yeah. and he even kind of says like oh now you fucked it up yeah like yeah. you know he's right? mad yeah, yeah, at yeah. him for yeah. breaking genre yes. yeah like yeah. you're not supposed to because now the stakes are fucked like yeah now now you've uh now you've given them like you know nothing so much to so do that they leave yes the guys they're yeah, like we true. have to leave for a while <laughs> yeah that's true that's true yeah you bring up a good point too because i i one of the things like i agree like the the movie in general like the, the the there's an aspect of the movie that sort of annoys me but there's so many pieces within the movie that i do sort of find interesting and like things that are you know edif- edifying or, or 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 the way my brains work brain works is like oh i, I want to steal and use a version of that sort of somewhere like yeah like the aspect of like the knife that they show early yes. in the movie of like falling down on the sh- thing. And yes. then you see her using it and you're totally thinking like, oh, that's why they set that up earlier because that because she, that's how she's gonna get free and do a yes. thing. And like two seconds later, she's like, 
oh, she's got that knife. Take that away from her. <laughs> like that's an yes. aspect of something like that. That kind of you know setup and payoff is so interesting. Well, and I yeah, and I think you're right that there is like it subverts what you would normally think of as the payoff for that, but there is still a payoff because this film has like when we were watching it, I told Candace, I was like, you know what this reminds me of? Dora the Explorer. Huh. So it's it reminds me dead. of kids uh kids television so huh. where there's the this, way that they like talk to you it's very childlike <laughs> yeah. oh that's interesting it's, it's yeah. participatory where they ask yeah. you know when they're playing hot and cold right where she's trying huh. to find the dead dog yeah. which one of the only differences by the way that i could find between the two i haven't again haven't watched the 97 say, aside from like technology right, right? like they yeah. have cell phones so the, the dog is a german shepherd in 97 and huh. in 2007, it's a golden retriever, which oh, feels culturally like they made totally a choice right. on purpose, right? But, you know, so they're like hot and cold. Like, I feel like I'm playing with Dora the Explorer, but just really fucked up Dora the Explorer. Yes. <laughs> Where you're you're complicit in it, but also it's not like a fuck you, you're complicit in it. Because I've definitely watched things. Um, some true crime does this. Like, even oh, like- true crime loves. Yeah. A uh, Woman in Black uh, with Daniel Radcliffe did this to me and made oh, me mad. Sure. Where they, like, pull the rug out from under you and they're like, haha, you fell for it. I'm like, no, no, no. You set up the conventions and I followed you because I trusted you. Like, that's oh, how this works. But this does that where they invite you in. Mm -hmm. yeah. If it didn't have the face-to-face, -face, it would feel maybe a little- it might make me angrier, but since they have the face-to-face, -face, they are inviting you to kind of play. Yeah, it's true. Interesting. That's interesting. So I have a question for you guys because I had, I, this was already on my list of movies to see like back sort of when I heard, heard about it. And then along the way, I had like found out about the twist. Did you guys know about the whole remote control thing by the time you had seen it? Or cause like, I didn't have the benefit of knowing that. So I, and I've been curious ever since, like how would I have felt mm -hmm. if I just, you know, watch the movie cold. No, I was surprised both times. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I forgot about it. I caught you off guard both times. I I like, I just knew that it was a really disturbing movie. Um, <laughs> and I don't, I guess it just like, I remember I like, it jogged my memory when I saw it again in the second one, but I like, yeah, I remember I, I was kind of watching it the second time. I like watched it and I was like, oh, <gasps> wait this doesn't happen and then it like <laughs> rewinds it and I was like oh yeah <laughs> um yeah. I I cheated and listened to a podcast before oh, um wow long but I mean before I had watched it like I had heard of funny games but it kind of put it on my like made me want to watch it I was mm. it was this podcast called switchblade sisters and RIP okay. it doesn't exist anymore but it was awesome they, they interviewed uh female filmmakers which was really oh, cool. cool so I got to learn of like new upcoming genre films but also they talked about their favorite genre films that's awesome that's cool so someone picked funny games and and i was like huh this doesn't seem like a movie i'd usually go for but like that intrigued me the rewinding thing right. is like what stood out mm -hmm. to me so that's that's mm. the one thing i kind of i knew it was home invasion and i knew that happened and that Got was it. all i knew going in yeah Got it. so so i'm curious then if, if you didn't know if you were surprised both times that the remote control happened, the two bits in the movie where like he, where he looks at the camera and like mm -hmm. I think the first time he winks, yeah, and I don't can't remember what he did the second time. Like, like later was... he like he addresses you and says like uh, like he says that he's gonna make a bet with them that they won't make it until like twelve right. hours from then, and then he says like what about you? Mm -hmm. Are you gonna bet with us? I'll bet you're rooting for them. Yeah. So what was your reaction when that happened? Um, then? kind of rolling my eyes. Oh, okay. that like to the like to the being addressed yeah i was like okay, okay. but Got um it. honestly without the remote control the other asides are shitty 
um with <laughs> yeah. that i love it it just amps it up to the point where i'm like okay all right um <laughs> they also like as they're kind of discussing like the nature of fictional stories like sort of when they have her on the boat at the end yeah Mm-hmm. um that I liked you know it just kind of leaves something a little like just a little like thing to chew on it's mm-hmm. not necessarily yeah. like this movie does not do like a fuck you you're like no. you did this kind of right, right, situation right. which like I'm glad it didn't because that's why it's a good movie yeah um, I think so too but yeah like as they're talking about he's kind of like well you see it and so it's real uh, like that's just so interesting looking at this on IMDb I'm realizing I, I which makes total sense but there, there's not that many people in this movie no yeah. it's a it's kind of both of these movies are kind of like bottle episode deals like they're um yeah they're yeah. very like yeah they're very play they're very they stage totally play be. very escape room yeah i would yeah. love by the way just uh, if anybody's out there who runs an escape room oh um make a green room escape room please. oh my god that sounds terrifying oh <laughs> terrifying. God. wow that'd be really cool i i need to i need it in my life have oh, the meth bunker that you have to break oh in. yes oh, oh my god. god yeah dude i will say as an aside the whole like at the beginning of green room like as they're kind of like establishing like the neo-nazis who are hanging out i'm like this is kind of a big operation for like a <laughs> venue and then i'm like oh 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 it's organized crime it's, drugs. <laughs> it's, organized it's probably drugs it's fine <laughs> i was like dang they must be making a lot of money off these shows <laughs> like i never made any money <laughs> Yeah, the neo Nazis really show up for this. Yeah, 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 they really do. They really do. Yeah. Uh, what then do we think that Roger Ebert, quote unquote, um, gave <laughs> funny games? I I'm going. Well, it's okay. Think out of four stars possible, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two stars. Wow. If they gave Green Room okay. two point five. I'm gonna say mm-hmm. Funny Games. They went for two. Wait, is it really? the same reviewer? No, no, not the same reviewer, oh, but oh, just okay. under under the Robert the Roger Ebert, Ebert brand. I'll, did I'll he, still go with two. Did he write this review? He was still alive no, at the time. No, it okay. was uh, Jim mm. Emerson who mm. wrote this one. So I'm actually okay. Wait, what did you say? What did you? What I was said your two rating? stars? I'm gonna say three. Okay, I'm gonna say three because because yeah. you think he was into the elevated horror. I think he liked the self referential weird yeah. stuff. Okay, that's okay. what I'm gonna say. Okay. All right. So funny games for RogerEber.com got half a star. <laughs> what? what? Half, half a, star. a star. Oh my God. Oh yeah. my God. They really didn't like the kind of um they they really didn't like being scolded, half I think. A star. Oh was... wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Brutal. <laughs> that is brutal. Wait, wait, yeah, I'm they kidding. said, um, what is where is it? Um <laughs> it encourages its viewers quote to see their own role through a series of emotional and analytical episodes in other words this isn't a movie it's a thesis <laughs> dang that's apparently from its press kit which is annoying <laughs> yeah oh uh, yeah wait d- d- does he have a different re- does he review the 1997 one as well as the 2007 here let me find it yeah that's that'd be funny if you gave it a higher review it's like a yeah, shot, yeah. shot remake <laughs> yes well it's also i could definitely see you being annoyed too like if you didn't like the 1997 version and then found out he made a shot for shot remake <laughs> for the 10 years later i could definitely see you giving you giving it an even lower score <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah True. totally he, i don't think he did though i can't find okay. it damn okay probably because my guess is just because it was it didn't probably have like a wide release or anything yeah. at the time. Yeah, what it, he re- he reviewed some other of 
Michael Haneke's movies, but not that not one. That one huh? You did give the mm. piano teacher three and a half stars. Oh, wow. And uh, okay. Cachet had four. Wow. So he likes some of his other stuff. Yeah, he really does like some. Oh. Yeah, he actually really likes this director, it seems like. So. Oh, really? Um, Amor got four. Dang. Well, this so director... Funny Games is an anomaly. Then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I just really, really didn't like his foray into the horror <laughs> genre. Yeah. yeah. That's this also funny. wasn't the man himself, so we don't know. We what, don't know. We, yeah, yeah. No way to tell what he really would have thought. Well, he also talked, the director himself has talked about like having like some of his films have been loved at like the f- film festivals they premiere at and some like he's been booed. Like, yeah. So I guess it's I, kind of I do. You love a controversial fave, honestly. I do. Yeah. 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 He, he definitely seems like one of those provocateur kind of directors. So Yeah, for sure. I feel like those directors, they're disappointed they don't have one movie that isn't loathed. (laughs) They want want one of them to just be like, oh, I can't stand this. Yeah, for some people. I feel like he would have, this would be the one. I feel like he probably (laughs) made this to antagonize Yeah, he literally (laughs) remade it just to antagonize more people. (laughs) More people, yeah, it's true. That's true. It's so funny though, because there's so many like critical, like psychoanalytic think pieces about this film. Oh yeah. So like jokes on him, I guess. Like it has like (laughs) huge staying power. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's true. Like, yeah, actually actually, between the two movies, it probably has, well, I guess the the piano teacher probably, like it's probably one of his most well-known movies at this point, right? I would say so. Yeah. 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 But I say that like as a horror fan, so I don't and know. Also, Maybe like, his other that's stuff's true. more famous. And I just don't know. Yeah, I think also it's one of those yeah, that like probably normies like know the name of it and know that it's like right. a super disturbing movie, and they're like, I would never watch that. Which is funny because it's really <laughs> not that disturbing. Like it's really yeah. Not. No, not it's like really I mean, not. if you're like a super noob to horror, then it probably yeah. is pretty messed up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So but that, and that's what. Like, because for Green Room, when I watch Green Room, and pro- it must be the gore, Green Room to me felt like a horror movie. Like, I oh, felt like yeah. I had no oh, problem yeah. presenting this as a horror movie. But yeah. Funny Games, after I was, like, I was very, like, after I watched it, I, was, I had the, like, oh, no, you guys accepted it as horror. Like, I asked, <laughs> you guys accepted it as horror. Because yeah, after the I fact watched that it, it's like, so bleak, and it, like, and it mm. comes at you, like, wanting to really disturb you. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't need blood, necessarily. But I do think the gore in Green Room makes it a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, totally. for sure. For yeah. Sure. Totally. It's I have a very, really I have a real sensitivity and I don't know if anybody else does, you know, hit us up and tell us, but, uh, I don't like if somebody gets shot in the head suddenly in a movie, <laughs> I'm like, Oh God, it's fucking on now. Like I'm like, ah! <laughs> like every time it's very upsetting. It's an interesting point that the director made though, which I really like about using gore to kind of using gore to kind of motivate their, their sort of, you know, turn into killers and like, yeah. and, and yeah. And I'm curious about, I, I'll have to really think about that. Like, I don't know if I ever thought about the fact that like, oh, I don't think this turn was motivated enough, but maybe if there was more gore, <laughs> I would like, that's an interesting way of thinking about it. I've never really thought about anything it's that way. It's the trauma. Before. It's the trauma yeah. for me. Well, that's interesting too, because the reverse kind of happens in funny games where um, the father slaps um, mm. one of the two young men and the, the guy references it like, because then he escalates it by beating the shit out yeah. of him right there with a golf club and he's like that was really rude that was like uncalled for that you slapped me oh yeah and so it's like yeah. an interesting reversal of that too right yeah, and like, like manners. the whole thing yeah, yeah like later yeah. when like he's trying to cut her loose like she kind of like bounces over to him when she's tied up and he's trying to cut her loose and he's he like throws her down and he's like it's like you're forcing me to treat you poorly <laughs> <laughs> Love it when a movie makes forces me to treat the characters poorly. Yes. 
I hate it when my story does that. It's true <laughs> though. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens. <laughs> Let me ask, I, I guess in for your for your uh in your version, it was Tim Raw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you one of the things I I felt that I I was kind of surprised by was how sort of like ineffectual sort of like the the Tim Roth character the male father character was and when I was watching it I was like am I being judgmental and like am I falling into like chauvinistic sort of sort of norms and all that like what I'm curious like what your guys perspective on that was I felt like she did way more than him yeah yeah yeah. it was frustrating to see him kind of I mean like I think you're kind of right maybe there is some sort of gender stuff going on in that but like it was frustrating to see him completely break down when their son died and she was like having to pull it together i was like get your shit together dude like she's like gonna like sprint out down the road with like yeah it definitely i felt that i felt that for sure definitely there's also some kind of and i don't know like if it's like totally the same in both movies but i thought that there were some really genuine like emotional beats like through like kind of the like just the like stress and trauma of it or like one being um he is trying to get the phone to work and he like grabs a baguette that's on the counter and takes a bite of it and then like pulls the bread out of his mouth and throws it on the floor like realizing he kind of didn't actually want to do that he's just trying to do something yeah there's also where naomi watts is going to like shut the door in the room where their dead son is and she turns around and just pukes all of a sudden oh yeah like yep that actually seems very genuine yeah like a reaction um, and a lot yes. of movies a lot of horror movies i feel like do not nail characters emotional yeah. reactions to things no i to that point like i think it's one of the most effective like the kiss that she gives him before she leaves it's yeah. one of the most effective kind of like big like goodbye sort yeah. of like kisses i've seen yeah. in, in any movie yeah i felt that way point. too definitely yeah yeah so it sounds like they're very similar <laughs> in terms yeah, of yeah, yeah, like yeah. they're basically identical movies mm-hmm. yeah it's so funny I'm that so we watch different ones. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think you have to go soon. Yeah. So I do. Oh, yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. I appreciate so, that. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. A great double feature. Who would you recommend this double feature to? Like, who do we think should watch this? Oh, that's a good question. Like, that's I guess if you question. if you can handle being stressed. Yeah. Um, you can handle being stressed. But I, I think, well, so, okay. So it's, it's a tricky thing. Like, I don't know who I'd recommend funny games to because I feel like it's a very much a caveat. Like, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're almost yeah. like, recom- like, this is going to annoy you, but you yeah. might enjoy it. Yeah. Like, I don't know who I would recommend that movie to. Well, um, I, I, we also forgot, we didn't mention, funny games is very funny. Like, you will laugh yes, at yes. it. So there's like the comedy aspect, but more you're laughing because of how uncomfortable it is. It's not like, yeah. but it's like, a, it's a particular brand of comedy. Like, it oh, made me laugh a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's, yeah, that's, that is a good point. I mean, I have a, I find it much easier to recommend Green Room because okay, yeah. I just, I feel like any musician I know, any yeah. musician I know, I could easily recommend it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, recommend totally. It to yeah. Yeah. That's it. Like, funny, ga- funny games, it has to be someone who watches a lot of movies. Yeah. Someone who, also the friends who, like, you can take them to a movie that you know they're going to hate. Like, like this is like, I, I, it's funny. Yeah. A friend of mine who kind of came over is, is one of them where it's just like, this movie sounds amazing. It sounds horrible. We have to go see it together. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. I, I feel like those people to see a movie that pisses like me off. someone who yeah, won't yeah, yeah. hate you after. You yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Okay. hundred percent. Yeah. 
So if you if you're okay with being stressed and a little <laughs> annoyed and you won't hate us, um, <laughs> yeah. if those two things happen, but also you might have some fun. Yeah. Yes. Some some funny shit happens. Like a dark sense of humor. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. They're both yeah. kind of like darkly funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to get a little laughs and maybe be a little annoyed. Um, <laughs> Very particular vibe we're going. <laughs> yeah, we're we're yeah, cultivating yeah, yeah. high end <laughs> taste here. Yes. Right. Yes. This is elevated horror. So yeah. yeah. If you want to be like, if you want to be like the cool kids. Yeah. This is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Then check this double feature out. Yep. And thank you, Pornsack, for coming on with us. Yeah, thank you. That's thank you for having great... me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a great talk. Do you have anything yeah. that, I mean, if people want to check you out, where should they go? What should they look at? Mm-hmm. I am at, uh, I am real underscore Pornsack on Twitter, real underscore PSAC on Instagram. I have a comic that's coming out right now called The Good Asian. It is a genre I'm calling Chinatown Noir, a 1936 detective story in the style of Sam Spade and Edison Hark about the first generation of Americans who grew up underneath an immigration ban, the Chinese. And uh, yeah, and that's kind of what I'm doing right around now. Hell yeah. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> I'm also going to go ahead and be a library shill again and say um, both of, like, I think at least infidel, infidel uh, i don't know about the good asian um so. infidel yeah. is on hoopla which if you have oh, a yes. library cool. card um you can you might be able to access try it out if your library isn't um signed up with the, isn't like you know doesn't have them as a service mm-hmm. bother them about it because it's really great yeah so, yeah potentially you can check it out for free yeah, yeah. that yeah. on hoopla I will, yeah. and I think too, um plugging because we always plug this for Bandcamp as far as like people buying yeah, music buying comics by issue i think correct me if i'm yeah. wrong because you would know is how people track those numbers and it's important so if you yes. buy it yes. issue, fun. Like, as it comes nice. out yes be, yes yeah. yeah buying it as it comes out is, is awesome uh, but also too if you if your store doesn't have any copies a uh, collection of the first four issues will be hitting stores end of awesome. september okay yeah so, all and, right and i know for sure bakersfield does and bakersfield has signed copies of like the oh cool issues, so check it out yeah downtown oh, comic shop yeah because mega city one right yeah. mega city two mega mega city, city oh two. right that makes sense mega city two that's yes. right that's right okay now that that totally makes sense now okay yeah I, yeah cool 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 i i yeah i i, I signed copies over at mega city one they bring them over to mega city yes. two, and now i'm just remembering the owner is saying that that they, thank you first of all to people <laughs> people of bakersfield but they said that they, those issues have been selling well out there so. awesome hell Good. yeah so yeah check out your local <laughs> yeah. comic shop check out your library and check out porn Talks shit because it's hell really yeah. good yeah cool so um yeah and thank you also as always to claire c holland for um our namesake not your final girl from her book of horror themed poems called i am not your final girl you can find her at claire c writes on twitter thank you to brian demarest for our cool vampire girl artwork that you'll see you'll be seeing on your phone right now or on your computer or wherever where you're listening he is at evil flynn on instagram and you can find him you can commission him check out the rest of his artwork he does some really cool shit thanks to pat spurlock for being technical and emotional support you can find him at phantom stranger on facebook and thanks to our network morbidly beautiful which you can follow um at x morbid beauty x on twitter morbidly beautiful on facebook and um, morbidlybeautiful.com check out the other shows and the other horror writers you can also read some cool essays and shit um there at morbidly beautiful and also thanks to ariel dyer also your other co-host 
mm-hmm. um, for writing our intro and outro song, which you're about to hear. It's called oh. Under Your Skin, and you can find it on all the places where music happens, um, but also you can buy it on Bandcamp and give her some money if you want. <laughs> and I think that's about it. That's all. Thank you to everyone. Thank you to you guys for listening. Not yeah. to get heartfelt or whatever. Um, but the last, the end, thanks <laughs> always feels actually. like a prayer. We're in like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like we're doing like prayer. the doxology. Yeah, it's praise a doxology. God from whom all blessings flow. Oh, and also praise Satan to balance it out a little. <laughs> yeah. And high goals. Hedge in the beds, you know. <laughs> all right. Well, bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Oh,